Hello, and welcome to RD and the Inbetweens. I'm your host, Kelly Priest, and every fortnight I talk to a different guest about researchers, development, and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of RD and the Inbetweens. So, in this episode, I really wanted to provide a kind of a, the start of a counterbalance to um, the episode I did a few weeks ago about the supervisory relationship. So I talked to um, Dr. Edward Mills and Dr. Tom Hinton about the supervisory relationship from both sides, and they had an incredibly positive experience as supervisor and supervisee, and were able to offer lots of kind of examples of of best practice and where a supervisory relationship can be really rich and fulfilling both um, professionally and interpersonally. Now I recognise that not all supervisory relationships are like that and that the supervisory relationship can be fraught with problems for lots of different reasons. So today I'm going to be talking to Maria Didi. So Maria is also a PhD student at the University of Exeter and she has had to change supervisors a couple of times during her research degree and I'm going to talk to her a little bit about what that experience was like, why those changes happened, how she dealt with them and also how they affected her PhD journey. So Maria, are you happy to introduce yourself? Uh, yes, yeah, so um, my name is Maria. I'm in my final year uh, of my PhD. My PhD is in philosophy, and uh, yeah, I, I have um, I'm non-funded, so I have I have had to work throughout um, my PhD to pay tuition and to pay sort of like uh, living expenses. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be graduating um, end of term. Brilliant, thank you, Maria. So. One of the main things that we wanted to talk about today actually was the experience you've had during your PhD because you've had a number of different changes of supervisor. Is that right? Yes, technically, I'm now in supervisor number four and five, although to be fair, um, at least one of them was sort of like um, was kind enough to just place their name for sort of like bureaucratic reasons. So, um, yeah, so maybe four and five isn't sort of like actually what happened but technically that's a number uh, I basically I also had to change one supervisor because um, they agreed to supervise me and that was fine but they had to uh, actually leave the university um, because they got a different position after a month so uh, it was just um, much more practical that I found another person yeah so can you can you talk us through kind of each of those changes and, and I guess when they happened and why they happened but also the the effect that had on you and your studies? Uh, yeah, so um, first year I was with um, my first set of supervisors and uh, uh, after a year uh, it was uh, their initiative that maybe we would be better off if I found someone else and uh, to be fair that was a very good idea and I'm very grateful that they sort of like went forward and suggested that because I wasn't sure that it would have occurred to me. Uh, I wasn't sure, like in a, and I really consider it as an option because it's not something that I had sort of like heard. Like I knew that you can change supervise, but it wasn't something that was widely discussed and how to go about it and under what circumstances and anything like that. Um, so if it was up to me, I was considering just 
stopping by the grid. Um, the main problems that we had, um, I think from what I can tell, at least retrospectively, is potentially our style of working, uh, our expectations and how sort of, um, and, and potentially what, what our role, me as a student and my supervisor as my supervisor um, would entail, I think it was, our approaches was just clashing a bit. Um, I don't think I was a particularly good student for, um, for my supervisor just as much as my supervisor wasn't a good fit um, for me. So you, your, your supervisor suggested that you, um, that you make that shift. So can you tell yes. me a little bit about how, what the process was like of finding new supervisors? What role you might have played in that? Um, to be fair, I don't think I've played much of a role in that. Um, some other people were suggested, I met them, and we really sort of, at this point, I was, I was happy because it had been a year, and, and I felt like I don't necessarily want someone, I didn't, I'm okay with having someone that isn't, you know, that doesn't specialize in exactly the same thing that I do. That doesn't matter, I can deal with that. Um, it's more on the lines of, I want someone that I can work well with. And so I met my supervisor and then we just instantly, I felt so much comfortable and we hit it off right immediately. So I was, I was very happy for them to supervise me. And yeah, they were happy to do so. So um, the arrangement was made, but yeah, I, I didn't actually have an active role in it, not particularly. That well, that that's incredibly positive. So yeah, so that's the first change. So that supervisors one and two to supervisors three and four. Is that right? Uh, technically four and five. Okay, so there was another somebody else in in the interim then. Yeah, that was um, that, that was a person that they agreed to supervise me. I met them. They, they were fine, but then they just moved. Then they got okay. Okay, so. There's lots of different things in there about kind of reasons, which are, you know, there are all sorts of reasons why you might change supervisor to do with kind of, like you said, chemistry, working style, um, in interest or kind of special specialism in the subject. You've, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, it does happen, people leave, <laughs> people leave the university and that creates problems. So, you know, this is quite a lot of change for you during your, during a really, really important and formative time. So can you, Talk to me a little bit about, like, so what was the time period over all of these changes? Like, it did happen over the course of a year, two years, three years? Um, I think it all happened, um, I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think I've been with the supervisor for, um, yeah, just right, right after my first year. So I think most changes really happened over the scope of, like, a few months um, after my first year. So... Practically, that had the, the impact that that had is that um, it obviously uh, it, it it really delayed my upgrade. Um, so I, I did my upgrade like my third year or something like that, like really late, um, which went fine. And um, it also obviously, uh, yeah, my, my upgrade exactly got delayed because um, it was able to get delayed exactly taking into account the changes uh, of. Uh, of supervision because you need you need some time just to adjust working with new people and maybe taking your research in different directions and things like that um and yeah practically speaking it was 
it, it did have an impact because again, it, it just, it, I think it just extended the amount of time in my PhD where I felt that I'm not exactly sure what, what am I doing? Um, so I, I just, I resolved this, with the, I was just doing things. Like, I'm just gonna write this, I'm just gonna research this and hopefully eventually it will all come together as it did. But it, it just prolonged the sentiment of uncertainty um, in probably a bit too long. And how, how, so you said, you know, you kept going, how, how did that affect your motivation? How did it affect your focus and your ability to actually, to do the, do the research, to do the work? I was lucky enough, so with my current supervisors, they were, they have been very happy to like, let me pursue um, angles and ideas and things that I find interesting. So a lot of that had to do with, I, I liked my subject, not all parts of it, some of them were really annoying, but like for the most part, it was nice and I was interested. And the other thing is that um, because, um, well, exactly because I'm self-funded and I, I have to keep a variety of other jobs, it, like my day-to-day -day life really really has, um, like it's well organized between like day jobs and night jobs and things like that. So um, I found that that really, that structure really helped me sort of like stay focused in the amount of time that, uh, I had to dedicate like if you know that you only have like five hours a day because then you need to do to go to your other job you make these five hours count so I found that really helpful yeah and and I think that's important to recognize as well you're not just juggling the the complexities of the research project the complexities of the supervisory changes but also you know you're you're conducting your you're doing your PhD or your research in what gets referred to as a non-traditional way but I, I, I find problems with that because I don't think it is actually in my experience but you know you're working alongside your PhD um, and that's that's a lot to juggle right it, it, yeah it is um, to be fair I kind of like I love to both um, sort of like whine about it because I, to be fair I obviously would have loved um not to be doing so much work and um, since I sort of like since I stopped doing with a pandemic like two of my jobs I have been so productive and um, I think I've written I've written more in the last year than I have the like previous three but that being said I also kind of enjoyed it because PhD particularly um when you're doing something so theoretical as I can be a like very isolating like you don't have labs you don't get to work with teams and or things like that and even people in your own office, it's so specific that it's rather unlikely they will actually know or sort of uh, ha have the, the mental and uh, capacity or um, just want to sort of like hear you talk about your own work. So I quite enjoyed the change of pace. I think that it was, I think that if I only had to focus on my PhD, I would have found it harder. Whereas having the variety between engaging with different activities, different types of work, different groups of people has, again, like it's time consuming and can be quite special, but it also has, like it gives you some sort of like, um, I don't know, like an intellectual stimulation. It's quite nice. Yeah, and I, so, you know, we talked a little bit about the changes and why they happened, the kind of how, how you manage that from a work basis. Um, I wonder if you can say a little bit about I guess how that felt is the kind of broad way I'd phrase it, but I get 
the impact on your well-being I guess is what I'm trying to get at because you know we're we're in a period now where people are dealing with a, a huge amount of change um on top of the the normal change that happens within a research degree program and and so I wondered you know could are you would you be willing to say something about about how that affected your well-being and how and maybe how you coped with that uh yeah so um I think that well I think that the the biggest issue is that in relation in terms of the whole supervisor changes um it just for a long time it made me feel that I should probably quit that clearly academia is not for me um, and that I would probably be better off doing something, something else. And I think that's because you just, at least for me, um, it never occurred to me that some that the problem might lie elsewhere. That either sort of like that, like it never, it never occurred to me that it just might be that yeah, I, I just can't work well with this particular person. It's no one's fault. It's just it is what it is. I just automatically assume that. It's my fault. I'm doing something bad. Like clearly, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't belong here. So that does take a toll. Um, firstly, because again, it sort of it leaves you. It really tests your commitment. You, know, you get these days where it's kind of like, oh my god, I am in my like. I don't have a job. I don't have a salary. I'm working sort of like three part-time weird, um, weird side jobs to do something that. I might not be a good fit for and it that, that does take take its toll like you know what, what if I disappoint my parents what about my family sort of like who looked up to me what what you know what does it say about me and things like that um and to be fair like looking at now four years later all of it it was just again like retrospectively just so simple it was so simple once I have once I work with different people most of these problems went away um I mean not all of them I think my my relation with my first supervisors really has impacted my relation with my current supervisor as well even though I think we are much better fit um I still for instance feel very um I, st I still I think I'm kind of scared of asking my supervisor for things or approaching them with um something that might not strictly be uh, relating to my project but you know it might refer to like a, a broader sort of um, academic issue um I think I just can't get over or like I, I get nervous when I hand them in things I, I I there's a little part of me that thinks that anything I give them or suggest to them they would just sort of like look at it and go that that's ridiculous and just laugh at me which I'm pretty sure like I know that that's not what's going to happen just really hard to move away from that yeah, and I think there's 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 two th really significant things I want to pick up on there that you that you've raised. One of them is the the impact these kind of I'm going to call them organisational changes. I know that they're more than that, but those kind of more organisational and administrative things of changing supervisor actually the impact that that can have on your your confidence and your faith in your ability to do this project. Um, is really significant and you know imposter syndrome is rife through academia and the postgraduate research community anyway 
without kind of, you know, when we have these exacerbating issues, actually they just feed into those feelings that are already there. And it's really interesting to hear you say that, you know, you were thinking about, about quitting. So I, I guess my question is, why didn't you? What made you stay? Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, one of it is because the change happened when it happened. Like, and that's why I will always be really grateful for my first supervisor, even though it didn't work out well with us. Um, I'm very happy that they suggested the change when they did, because I probably would have ended up quitting if we had uh, gone um, any further with this. Um, the other one was that uh, because, because my parents helped me with my tuition fees, I just felt so guilty that, oh my God, like these people have paid so much money for me and I'm just going to disappoint them like that because I'm too spoiled and, or well, I don't know, whatever nonsense I was thinking. And even though I know that that's not the case, I know that my parents love me unconditionally. It's just, you know, like you feel like you're letting people down. Um, even though, you know, again, you know it's not the case. It's just a reaction that you can't really control. Because um, it's not just, I think that's another thing, like it's not just you that's invested in this. Exactly in this research degree it's you it's your supervisors it's your department it's the university you know the whole kind of institution even though it, I, I know it doesn't feel like it sometimes but everyone is highly invested in you doing this and you know your partners and your family and your friends everybody's providing that support for you and if you're getting you know like financial support as well it's that additional pressure oh yeah exactly and it's also the self-press kind of like why am I failing at this? What's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Um, and again, like, even though I know, I know well that that's, that's not an accurate way of describing it. It's just like this little voice in your head that you cannot get yes. it up. And it, it's so common and it's, you know, and I'm, I'm really pleased that you shared that because it, it is so common for people to feel like if something goes wrong, either you're a failure or there's someone to blame and don't get me wrong I'm, there are situations in life where people are to blame but so often problems arise not because somebody's you know purposefully doing something to cause harm but you know there's been a lack of communication a lack of clarity um and so no one's necessarily to blame for the situation you know there's not like you said I was really pleased to hear you say you know there was no one in your situation to blame in the in the your first supervisory relationship for it not working it just didn't work and we all know that like that happens to us all in life <laughs> in various ways which is which is so weird because it, it, it almost feels like why had no one told me about this <laughs> why isn't that something that was common knowledge like yeah of course like it's definitely not unusual to not perfectly get along with your boss why oh, yeah. is that not a thing that people just discuss much more, you know, common? Why, and particularly because sometimes you just don't know what you need. And I think that was my problem. I didn't know what I needed. Like, what, what is it that's going wrong for me? Like, is the research, is the structure, is it sort of like, um, like the, the way that I'm being managed? Like, what's happening? I, I don't know. Particularly because it was, yeah, exactly. It's like the first kind of setting that... Um, uh, educational setting that calls and allows for you to be sort of like so actively uh, engaged and shaping of your own project that yeah it's a different skill set that you don't necessarily have you know just coming in and 
you know, it's just a feeling of, yeah, again, like isolation and failure. Like I, I remember after supervisor meetings, my only thought is like, why do you hate me? What have I done? And, oh my God, I'm such a moron. These are the two thoughts. And um, yeah, not the most productive thing. And again, I'm talking about a person that didn't actually do anything specifically wrong or bad. Like I have no complaints. It's just, the, yeah, the, the, how the relationship doesn't work rather than a, a person being at fault. Okay, let's talk about where you are now. So you've had this set of supervisors for how long? Um, three, four years. Okay. Yeah, three years, yeah. So how, how is that going? How, does, how different is your experience now that you've got that stable supervisory re- relationship, that stable kind of support team? Um, I think the biggest, the biggest difference is that um, when we will now uh, like arrange for a supervisor meeting, I still a little bit get nervous, but now I can feel much better than I previously. It's I like now I know that it will work, that the experience is going to be pleasant, that there's going to be no sort of like, you know, heart palpitation, nausea. So it, it's definitely been an improvement and it's definitely sort of, it makes you feel much more confident that, yeah, of course I can do this. I, I'll persevere and it will be fine. Um, it also, I mean, oh, practically speaking, of course, it makes a difference in the court, in, in like the research, having people giving you sort of like, um, having the same, um, the same set of people looking at your work, seeing how you have progressed, seeing sort of like, any potential um, issues that you have um, with your writing or like uh, your methodology and things like that. Yeah, because I, th- I think there's something really important in there about consistency, you know, and, and being able to see that development over time. Whereas, you know, when you come into a piece of work, you're just getting a snapshot of where it's currently at, not kind of the journey that it's been on. And that can be about you know the quality of the writing and the quality of the ideas but it can also be about the kind of evolution of the project and the way that in which things have developed and changed and and that's really important context oh yeah exactly like you're working with people that have a good overview of your work your ideas your ways like how you do things um it definitely establishes sort of like like a good like a trusting relations and uh, it also it helps you because i mean particularly in, um, in, in social sciences, which is like what I do, um, it's sometimes it's just, um, you also need to adapt your work to what your supervisors sort of, to, to, to directions that your supervisors uh, give you. So in that sense, consistency is definitely like helpful. You know, you work with one supervisor and they tell you that, you know, I, I think it's better when you do A, B, C, and then you work with another one that says exactly the opposite. And then you work with a third one. So after a point, like, it's so nice to work with people where you know exactly where you stand and what to do. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I guess my kind of my next question is what, what advice would you give to someone who is going through a change of supervisor for whatever reason? First of all, it's fine. It's okay. It's definitely not like you're definitely not the only person that has ever gone through that. It doesn't mean that 
you are bad at what you do. And it doesn't mean that um, you won't be able to complete your PhD uh, or whatever research project you're doing. So first and foremost, that's fine. Um, secondly, it's better to work with, it's better to have someone that your working styles match um, rather than let's say someone that is um, like more relevant to your exact project because after a couple of years, you will know more about your own project than your supervisors do. Um, so you can do that by yourself, but you, the relationship and have, like having a trusting relationship with them is it's much more important. Thank you so much to Maria for talking to me and being so open and honest about her experience of changing supervisors several times and the impact that that had on her work. I'd be really interested to hear from more people about their experiences of the supervisory relationship, um, the good, the bad and the in-between. Um, so if you're interested in talking to me about your experience as a supervisor or a supervisee, please do get in touch. And that's it for this episode. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe and join me next time where I'll be talking to somebody else about researchers, development and everything in between. Thank you.